0: Welcome to Living by Faith. I am your host, Trillian Newbell, and today is a special day for me. Today, we are going to be talking about marriage, and you'll get to hear from my dear husband, who is not one to be on the stage or behind a mic. He just called himself a, I think he said a verbal minimalist, <laughs> which is fantastic. Um so this is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun for me, but I want to start out on a bit of a serious note because marriage is serious and I have spoken to newly married girlfriends who have shared their frustrations with their new spouse. So this is newlyweds we're talking about. There is generally some area that the women wish their husbands would improve on or they are growing weary waiting we generally come to the same conclusion. So when I'm having these conversations, we come to the same conclusion. Their husbands may need to grow, but perhaps the wives are struggling with being judgmental and self-righteous. We can look at our men, see sin, and be too quick and eager to point it out. Now, I want to be super clear. I am not talking about big problems or situations like abuse or neglect. That is a different topic for a different day. We are talking about the everyday things that we see or the everyday growth things that we want to see and talk about. Now, of course, being judgmental isn't just a problem with women either. (laughs) But this experience that I am talking about and that I have had, especially with newlywed women, is often. We're talking about with women. So that's that's a context that I'm coming from. Now there's a reason why Jesus says, "You hypocrite, first, take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Yes, your spouse is your brother, your spouse is your sister. and I can relate. That was me when I first got married some 20 years ago. I remember my wedding day like it was yesterday. It was a cold yet beautiful December day. All of our decorations were red, white, and green to reflect the season. It was exactly what we hoped it would be and more. After the honeymoon, honeymoon, we returned to our home, eager to start our new lives together as one but soon the very the the fairy tale it it ended and real life began it didn't look quite like i had imagined there were no glaring problems no deep rooted sin issues yet i was extremely aware of what i thought were my husband's shortcomings and i wasn't holding back on sharing my thoughts I was so quick to point out sin and eager to share observations about how he could change or grow as a leader, all under the pretense of being a helpful wife. I judged my husband harshly. Our first year of marriage, I was self-righteous. I was quite self-righteous. I thought I was right, and I played the role of his Holy Spirit. Like I said, I masked it as being helpful, but really I was just kind of naggy. I was wrong. I was so deeply wrong. And so many of our marriages struggle because we are too busy looking at the speck at our spouse's eyes and ignoring the big log in our own. My logs were self-righteousness, I was young and zealous. And although there were likely things that I pointed out that were true at times, most of the time I was just looking for things to point out. There was just, I don't know why, but I was just nitpicky and constantly sharing things. And so I was filled with self righteousness and self absorption. There was a plank in my eye the size of a California redwood. I don't know if you've been out there, but they're big. But all I could see was a speck in his. James addresses the problem of self-righteousness. With the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. With my tongue, I would bless the Lord and curse my husband made in the image of God. Though God views my husband as clothed with Christ's righteousness, there were times when all I saw were filthy rags. I'm overwhelmed thinking about it. Most of my corrections stemmed from a desire to fill some perceived need of my own. It had little to do with my husband's growth or sanctification. My desire was that he would change for me, not to please and glorify God. My observations were generally, not always, but mostly selfish. Again, James helps us see why we might be quarrelsome or quarrel for selfish gain. He writes, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire to, uh, you desire and do not have, so you murder. Though we did not always fight outwardly, my heart was often committing murder. I would be angry or harsh. My needs weren't being met in my own eyes, so I would fight. This is how our first year of marriage felt, at least for me. We're going to hear how it felt for him. I am aware that I am not alone. We can be judgmental and angry and often accusatory. We can fixate. And when we fixate on little preferences, the results can be extremely damaging in our marriages. So what do we do? We must pray for our spouses Our job isn't to be their, quote, Holy Spirit, because we can't. (laughs) It's not to be calling out everything that we see. We need to be praying. And thank God our Heavenly Father doesn't treat us like that, the way I was treating my dear husband our first year of marriage. God is gentle and kind, slow to anger and abounding in love. God can help us learn to love our spouses with a love that is tender and kind and filled with affection and grace. Now, 20 years later, I'm still learning how to lovingly help my husband, But even more, I have learned how to enjoy him. I have grown in looking for areas of grace and gifts. God has helped me learn to use my tongue to encourage, build up and praise him for how God has made him rather than tear him down for how God didn't make him. And just as I'm not surprised by my sin, I am equally unsurprised that God would help me grow in this area. God works all things together for the good of those who love him. He provides a way of escape for our sinful self-righteousness. He promises to finish the good work he began in you and in me. Hey, this is good news. If you've seen yourself fail, you have just failed, failed, failed in your marriage, in some area. For me, it was just, it was self-righteousness. For you, it could be all sorts of things. Who knows what it is? It is good news to know that God provides a way of escape. So you don't, you can say no to sin. And if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. Amazingly, even when I fell into the temptation to judge my husband, God remained unswervingly committed to forgiving me (laughs) to forgiving me because my sin, not in part but the whole, is covered in the blood of Jesus and so is yours. Now that we know how to fight one temptation in our marriage, let's learn to serve and care for our spouses. With that, it is my joy to introduce you to my dear husband, Thern Newbell, We will be breaking soon, but I want to introduce you to him now. His professional designation is that he is a MAI, real estate appraiser. He has been appraising since 1999. I know him as a faithful, loyal, kind, loving, gentle and really chill husband. He's so laid back and chill, and I'm so grateful for it. He is not in full-time ministry or professional ministry. We are very ordinary, serving our church in normal ways, like leading a small group. And we were once greeters, and we did children's ministry together. And I want people to know the real ordinary me, which is one reason why I wanted him to join me today. So, Thern. We are going to be breaking soon, but I want to welcome you to Living by Faith with me, your wife Trillian Newbell, and I promise not to giggle
1: throughout the whole show. Thurn, are you with us? Uh, yes, I am. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the wonderful introduction, and it's uh, good, good to hear from you. <laughs> uh,
0: <Yeah. clears throat> good to hear from you. I've see, seen you in
1: about twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: It's been so long. <laughs> Exactly. It's so funny. We have spent this morning um having breakfast together, which we do every morning. We have breakfast. I I think we have bacon every single morning. Every single morning we have bacon and so and coffee. That's our our go-to. Bacon and coffee. And then today
1: you r- ran, right? I did to yes. break up break up some of that cholesterol. So <laughs>
0: So yeah, my husband is a avid runner. In the last couple of years, it's been harder as the team we've got we have teens, and their lives have gotten busier, which means our lives have too. And um and so, but he's run marathons and it's just or half marathons, and it's really remarkable to me your endurance and commitment. And um, but we've also been going. We've also been going through 52 weeks in the Word together, which has been a lot of fun. So that's a book I wrote and um, where we walk through the Bible and we sit together at the table. Anyways, it's just a joy. It's a joy to get—and I, I am. I feel a little giddy. I, I'm smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sweet. Anyways, so, Thern, thank you for coming on. And um, and we're going to be talking through your testimony we are going to be talking through um, marriage, uh, uh, the hard parts and the awesome parts and how we've grown. We've both endured suffering together. So we are going to talk through that. We are going to encourage people who've, who have little ones. Well, we don't have little ones anymore. So we're going to be thinking through that as well. So what are you most looking forward to in our time together?
1: Um, well, I think I guess it's just more to, to find out more about us. And, yeah, um, just uh, just the things that we enjoy and what we do together as life. Yes, what life? Well. Like.
0: Yes. Well, I am looking forward to that. And so when we come back, we're gonna get into it. Thanks. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I am so excited to have a special guest, special to me, special to everyone who knows him, my husband, Thern Newbell. And we're going to be talking about marriage. But before we do that, I want to hear your testimony. Um, We've been sharing testimonies on the show, and I think it's just a good way for people to get to know um, my guests. So share your testimony with us, Thern.
1: Okay. Well, um, Troy and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, I don't want to date ourselves, but, um, but the thing is, my testimony will date, date me because um, it occurred around um, you know a tragic time in, our, in American history, world history, during 9-11 and 2001. And at the time, I was living with uh, three single guys in West Knoxville, um, not living for the Lord and, you know, just kind of living, living for, you know, the lusts and passions of, a um, a, a late twenties young man. And, uh, you know, the, uh, but right around nine 11, there was a, there was a time where, you know, I just, I kind of felt a tug, um, you know, just, uh, you know, Trillia, Trillia had kind of kept touch with him. We had uh, we'd been friends for a few years. And we, um, you know, she she would kind of check in on me on occasion. And uh, we had a mutual acquaintance. Um, his, I won't give his full name, but his first name is Stuart. And he, he actually um, went to church with Trillia. Um, but he was also a co-worker of one of my three or one of my uh, two roommates, Um, I think I said a little with three guys, it was actually two other guys. It was three total. Um, so uh, there was a, there was a time and it it was right around nine 11 and I don't know, you know, if, if some of that was, you know, kind of the, kind of the nudge. Um, but at that time, um, you know, I met with, I remember meeting with Stuart at, um, Schlotzky's Deli in West (laughs) Knoxville. Yeah. And uh, we sat down together and I already knew him. So it, it wasn't really like a kind of a get to know you kind of nervous um, inter- exchanges, you know, trying to get trying to fill fill each other. Now, he, he already kind of knew me. Um, so, you know, he he just walked through the gospel. And I, I just remember he took out a piece of paper and um, he just I, I, I would think truly would probably agree with this. I'm, I'm kind of visual. Um, like if, if I see something that's represented visually, it, it helps me to kind of see the picture. Um, no pun intended, but, um, so he took out a piece of paper and he, he drew on one side. Um, I, I can't remember exactly how, how it was like, it was almost like, it was like a big Canyon in between, um, two land masses and there was a big divide. And mm. on one side was us as man. And then on the other side, you know, was, was God. And, um, so he, he drew I mean, it sounds so simple as I'm kind of reciting this, but, yeah. um, but then he drew a cross in between, you know, kind of bridging that divide. And I, I just remember, um, I remember that so vividly and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just a, just a very profound experience I had. And I, you know, I can't say I was regenerated at that moment. Um, but it was sometime around that time, um, September of 2001, excuse me. Hmm. So that was 22 years ago, almost.
0: You know, it's so interesting. 22 years ago, I I don't think I ever—first of all, I have tears in my eyes, which is because I love you. Um, but I don't think I realized that one of the impetus for the Lord pulling you was 9-11. I, I, this is a, how is this the first time I've heard that? We've been married for 20 years. I knew Stuart. I knew that. But I didn't realize how i mean, how many other people might share that similar testimony of how— the Lord used that devastating time in our history to draw people to himself. It's that's pretty remarkable, babe. So I didn't know that. Um, so thanks for sharing. And, and that picture of the chasm. And I do remember you reciting that and just showing me that, um, what, what you're, you haven't shared is that Thern and I, we, when I was 18, we, we, started kind of talking and he was, um, he's seven years older. And so, so I was, he, he was ready for marriage and I was ready for college. And so we were, we were just talking and then we started dating when I was like 19. And I remember, um, the, the just really falling for you. I just really loved you and thought, gosh, this is, this is, likely the guy this is it but then i was so young and we had two broken engagements and so after the second broken engagement i was just hum- just humbled and i gave my life to the lord and so it took about a couple of years and then you gave your or maybe a year and then you gave your life to the lord and then a, two years I later that's right. yeah and then two years later we were um married <laughs> i think i my timing might be wrong but 2003 yeah yeah well i mean i know the date <laughs> yeah the, about 2 years later from your salvation then <clears throat> and right. so yeah and so the lord he's so good to reconcile us first to himself and then to each other And it's, um, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's a blessing. And so thank you for sharing your testimony. Everyone always talks about marriage as hard. I mean, I started this whole program with how hard that first year was. And, and it is for some, you know, and it was for us that first year, and then it got so much better. But what is delightful, or even easy about marriage or in your experience
1: what is delightful about marriage yeah um i think just sharing life together um i think that's that's one of the fun things about it um just kind of growing together um and just seeing you know just representation of you're almost you're almost like you're two individuals who kind of become one and I, I just like that, um, I'm going to mess up the, the word, it's probably, it's like the, uh, that representation that we're just kind of becoming one, um, you know, as we, as we grow together as a couple. Um, so, you know, I'm, I think some of the fun things, I, you know, currently, and I'm not sure if this is what you're asking, but one of my favorite times right now is uh, when we're sitting at the breakfast table um, every morning that's that's the only time where it just feels like there's no agenda you know we're just we're just sitting there as a couple we're talking you know we're reading our Bible uh, you mentioned earlier you're going through that we're going through uh, 52 days in the word and um, you know we kind of added that to our breakfast routine this year and that's just been it's been a lot of fun. Um and you know just the and you know God has used that to kind of you know just see the Bible in a new way too. Um and then I think also just sharing that with with Trillio has just been just been wonderful. Um but um I what what else what else were you asking as far as <laughs> like that so no, Sorry. yeah, that's fine. No, you're totally
0: fine. Yes, I, I think I think you hit what I was getting at, is just there are lots of hard things that can, and we're going to talk about the hard things, and we're going to have a lot more to say about the hard things, but it is delightful to do just the mundane, everyday yeah. stuff of life. And I think that often we, and, and I'm kind of glad, okay, so Thern and I have also, we've been to Quebec city and London and we've done all these big things together. And I think it's kind of interesting and and encouraging that you didn't mention the big adventures because marriage (laughs) to keep marriage going. I mean, it's mundane. It's just the day to day, every day, normal stuff of life, like sitting at our breakfast table and reading our Bibles. And, just taking walks. Those are the normal everyday stuff of life. And so I think that we can sometimes, or, or I don't know, maybe this is for, we can, we can expect the big things or we can hope for these big things, but that's not life. That's not everyday life. And so um, I, I, I love that. I love that. What you, what's delightful to you is the ordinary things and the, the mundane everyday stuff of life. That's what I think will, when when our kids are gone, (laughs) that's what, well, besides the Lord and his kindness in our local church, and there's lots more that will keep our marriage going. But I think that that is the reality, is the reality is is that we'll still be, Lord willing, getting up, having our cup of coffee and our bacon, (laughs) and doing the ordinary things of life. And hopefully that encourages listeners. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, um, in your marriage, you can kind of enjoy and delight in the mundane, in the ordinary, and don't look for the next big thing or the big flashy whatever, um, because it is, that's that's what life looks like. And so I'm grateful for that. So we have, we've kind of found our groove, but their first few years were hard and we are going to think through, um, I, you know, I shared that the first year was tough for me because I was so self-righteous. Um, and I'd love to hear what stood out to you in, in the struggle. We're going we're gonna to wait on that because I, I think that's going to, I, I really think that's going to hit on a few things that our listeners and my listeners <laughs> um, will resonate with. Because so often, um, especially in our Instagram world, which I love Instagram, we only see the flashy and we only see the smiles and we don't hear about the hard. And so I want us I want you to think through and tell us um, what stood out to you in in those years when we struggled and especially let's think about that first year so when we return we're going to get into the hard things the hard stuff of marriage when we return thanks Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. I am so excited to have my husband Thern and we have been talking about just the ordinary stuff of marriage, the what we delight in our mundane everyday things. Those are the things I think will keep us going because that's what life is. Life is just getting up and doing the work and having breakfast and repeat wash and repeat that's life and and so i'm i'm really glad that we are highlighting just that kind of ordinary life however we've also been talking about and i started the program with some of the hard things that i i struggled with which was god revealing in his kindness my self righteousness and so i ask i want to ask you thern what stood out to you in the struggle and, and we can focus in just on that first couple of years. What stood out to you?
1: Well, I, I would say, you know, I, I was, um, I was 32 when I married you and, you know, I, from from the time I became an adult until the time we got married, it was, uh, I had developed a lot of preferences <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, I was not aware of that until, um, <laughs> you know, we lived together. So um, I think, you know, we knew each other before we got married. Um, we actually had a, very, a relatively short engagement, um, but we, we knew each other so, so well um, that, you know, that, that wasn't an issue to kind of overcome. But we had never lived together. Right, and you know, so like once you live together, it it kind of reminds me of um, earlier this year. We have two dogs, and um, <clears throat> they have they're they're the worst dogs that we've ever had. No, they're,
0: we love our dogs. What <laughs> no, are you saying? <laughs> no,
1: no, they're great. They're great. They just have, they just have a lot of accidents inside the yes. house. And, yes, yes. Um, so. In where are you going, Fern? Where are you going? Okay, no, no, I'm just. <laughs> so earlier this year, I was like, uh, you know, I was probably spending too much time on Amazon and stumbled across a black light. I was like, oh, oh uh, yes. Yeah. So because we have a we have a little spot <laughs> cleaner to clean up accidents, but you know there there have been times where we kind of maybe didn't clean it up right away. So I thought, well, I'll get this black light and uh, start shining it on our carpet and see see all the spots I missed well that's that's a bad idea if you never never used a black light before so you start <laughs> seeing all of these blemishes everywhere it's like oh my gosh I can't believe we're living with this but I mean it's kind of like I, I don't know it's when, when you when you start sharing life together under the same roof yeah you start yeah. you start seeing things that you didn't see before um I love that yeah. There was there was nothing critically bad about about, <laughs> about um, either of us as individuals. It was just um, just getting to know a person on, at that level was just it was just kind of almost mind blowing. Um, so so I you know I I think you know the first couple of years um, you know it was it was just more about. Um, Kind of dying to yes, dying yeah. dying to yourself, I guess you know. Just um, you know, I I have preferences about where to put the the spoon, you know, in, <laughs> in the cabinet or something like that. So you know, I I have to you know kind of you know give up give up some of those preferences and you know just um, meld together as a couple. Uh, no, you're... so that that's probably the thing that stands out most for me. I
0: love that. I love that. I love the black light analogy. That's perfect. You're exactly you're exactly right. You just kind of shine a light on all the spots and you're like, "Oh, oh, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that." <laughs> or, "Oh, do I need to adjust here?" What? Yeah. So, and the Lord has been kind to us now. And now we just tell each other, "Okay, this is where that goes." Thanks. <laughs> Rather than, yeah, it's so interesting so so yours would have been just adjusting to living with someone who you're gonna have to it's permanent you're like, yeah i I can totally see that, and I imagine there's so many couples who that's that's their thing it's not um it's not that this big sin was revealed, even though that does happen as well, and I um I pray for those who are in those those marriages where you didn't realize that the person was who they who they claimed to be and so um it or uh, you were surprised by who they turned out to be which is very difficult um but for us it was kind of a, I didn't care all about the color of the wall and now all of a sudden I have a real real passionate about this, (laughs) this topic. And so, yeah, the, the, which, you know, James talks about these passions that wage war, but we've also suffered. um, We suffered four miscarriages. And so I want to ask you about that. How does a man deal with that kind of
1: loss? Well, um, it's, I would say, and this is probably not a stretch, but I would say it's very different than uh, from a female perspective. But, um, you know, there was there was profound sadness, um, you know, just and I, I've, I felt like there was some uh, building anxiety, too, because I, I felt like, you know, now we're married. We need to have children. Um, mm. So, you know, there was there was kind of uh, like a self-sufficiency there, I think, um, thinking I've got to make this happen, you know, mm. but we were, you know, we had to wait on the Lord because it took, um, it was three years from the time we got married to the time that Weston was born. So that was, that was a long three years and, you know, just dealing with those miscarriages. Um, you know, I, I knew that you were struggling in it in a different way. Um, than maybe I was, um, you know, because, you know, you were, you were grieving, um, and, you know, there was, there was a level of grief on my part too, but I, I, I feel like there was some self-sufficiency on my part too, like, what, what am I doing wrong here? Mm. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's what I would, that's kind of the thing that stands out to me. Mm. Um. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's interesting that, that, and I want, you know, I haven't spoken to other men about this, but I do wonder if that, that would be a male idea. What, what, what am I doing wrong that's physically causing this problem? Um, That's really interesting. And you're right. I mourned so deeply, so deeply. And so here's a question for you in that regard. what advice would you give to a man for how to care for and comfort his wife during something like a miscarriage? We'll get real specific miscarriages because that's what we experienced.
1: Right. Um, Well, it's a, I I think the the main thing um, is just to be present Mm. uh, for your wife um, because it's, it's hard. um, Yeah. And I, I can't speak to every thought that Troy had about the miscarriage, um, but there there was that profound grief that she was dealing with about losing a child, and you know that's what we want to recognize it as is, is a child, not just a pregnancy. Right. Um, mm. So cool. you know, just being present, uh, praying with her, uh, speaking truth to her, and just just being a comforter as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, just bring in, bringing others into your life to kind of help you uh, cope with it as well. Because we, we were um, we were active members of our church um, then. And, you know, we had small small group praying for us. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember, unfortunately, you know, my memory's failing me. I, I can't remember everyone that we spoke to about it. Or, but, you know, we, we received a lot of care we um, did in those times i remember getting meals sent to us Yeah, it was just a well I'll, I'll just wrap this up but um but yeah that's that's, that's kind of like my bottom line just be present
0: mm, amen thank you thern and with that we'll be back You are listening to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell, and I am talking about marriage. And we have been talking about suffering in marriage and specifically when you have experienced a miscarriage. And um, my husband, Thern, is my guest, and he was talking about how you can care for your wife and specifically um, his his response was to be present, which I love. Be present with your 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 wife. And that is it is a comfort and it was a com- comfort to me. But one of the things he brought up and you brought up Thurn was how we it was a community community. Uh, caring, everyone took kind of responsibility in our local church. And I'm so grateful for that. And we are active members of a local church now. And I just think that's really important. It's important in your marriage, in helping um, sustain your marriage and and encourage you in your marriage, but also in those hard times. So, and even when we had experienced a really, we, we were just talking about, um, miscarriages, but we also, we've experienced the death of um, our older siblings. We've both also experienced um, hardship with our finances when we were first married. During, um, I, I mentioned already that you're in real estate. And do you remember walking through that tough time during that financial crisis? I can't remember the date, but but uh, 2007, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I remember. Thank you very much. <laughs> it yeah. was hard. That was hard. Would you share
1: about that time and how the Lord saw you through it? Uh, well, I, um, at the time, I, I, I'm a real estate appraiser. And I've been an appraiser since 1999. Um, I don't know if that's when I actually got my license. It was probably a year or two after that. But everything was kind of motoring along everything was going great. And then, um, around 2007, the financial crisis hit and it was all centered around the mortgage industry. Right. That's Um, right. So I was absolutely terrified. Um, you know, maybe I didn't express it. I probably exhibited, um, terror, (laughs) (laughs) uh, because, you know, we were, things were tight. You know, we were, we were still kind of a new couple, um, newly married, had it, uh, you know, it was 2007, Weston was born in 2006. So he was only a little over a year, year old. Um, so I was, I was terrified about the future and, you know, I didn't know, um, you know, I get, I get paid. There's a, uh, term like you kill, eat what you kill, basically. It's like a hunting analogy. So, I mean, that was kind of my job. I, you know, I wasn't on a salary. I was, right, I got paid right. for every, every assignment I completed. And when basically the mortgage industry shut down, I was like, how are, how are, how am I going to do appraisals? Because it just felt like, it just felt like, um, like that the work would dry up. But you know, I just kept plugging along, um, you know, prayed to the Lord and he provided. And, you know, during that time, um, you know, I I don't want to get too into the minutia, but there, you know, my, my income during that time didn't drop at all, uh, which was, which I did not expect. I mean, that was, that kind of floored me in hindsight because, uh, you know, I, I still continue to work, and um, so you know, even even through that crisis, I, you know, it you know, the Lord sustained us as a couple. He,
0: he did. He sustained us as a couple. Couple, but I remember you being terrified, and do you remember what I did? <laughs> if you don't, um, I'll tell you. I called our pastor. I was so oh I, right yeah. So listen guys who don't know my husband thern he is steady faithful steadfast chill i mentioned i said you were chill he is so calm in a storm but this crisis you were you you i could tell you were terrified and so i called one of our pastors and i was like i'm nervous We need help. And if you remember, we sat in there and he preached truth to us and encouraged our hearts and we left like, okay, the Lord is faithful and good. I mean, I just, I just want to highlight that for a number of reasons, but you mentioned earlier, we really needed the church. We needed, we, and we did,
1: and we needed it for this too. Wouldn't you think, wouldn't you agree? Uh, Yeah, Absolutely. That was, uh, that was actually 2010, I think, um, because at that time, um, Sydney had come along, uh, cause she was born in 2009 and, um, you know, we were, we were still plugging along, but it was, it, it was, yeah, it was tight financially, but you know, we were, we were still, still making a living. Um, so yeah, that, I I do recall that I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, Um, incidentally, that was the pastor you're speaking of was Stuart's twin brother. So I know, (laughs) (laughs) which is really funny. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, the Lord was using those brothers to serve our marriage. And I think that's important for people to hear that we needed help and the Lord provided it through the local church. And I just want to encourage you, plug into a local church and ask the Lord to give you good friends who will tell you the truth, but who will also share good news and and help carry the burden. We never once had to carry any of our burdens on our own, not a single one never. And it remains today when we we don't have to struggle or carry a burden or we're we're yeah, we're encouraged in the Lord right now. We're um but but gosh, we just never have to do anything alone and I'm so grateful for that. So you've already mentioned that we have two kids. Funny enough, I think we were more intentional about date nights and dating when our kids were younger and I I think there's a reason why. Um There was something about those younger years that forced us to get a babysitter and go out. Now we enjoy walks and sitting at breakfast together. We're together. It's just easier. We can leave and just, we have lunch dates and it's not this huge ordeal planning thing that, but it had to be when they were younger. Do you have any advice or thoughts for parents with young children?
1: I would, I would say prioritize your time together. Um, and just be intentional about, you know, making, making time for dates, um, to be apart, be away from the children, um, and, you know, just study your spouse, uh, get to know Ooh, them. I like that. You know, just think of like interviewing your spouse, just finding out, just creating new, new and fun questions to find out more about them.
0: Yeah. I love the idea of studying your spouse, so guys, if you haven't figured out we didn't we didn't like prepare together, so I it's fun to hear his answers. And studying me is a sweet idea in studying you. I love that. Um, so we're slowly but surely coming to the end of this lovely episode. I have just had such a joy. Learning from you and hearing just some thoughts from you at the end, most of of the end of most of my episodes, I want to share some good news. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote in Philippians four eight Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, and if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. In a world filled with bad news, tell me something good. <laughs> Seriously, we need to hear some good news. Thern, what is something you have seen or you are learning that is true, lovely, or honorable?
1: Well, uh, as I was thinking about this question the thing that comes up is actually we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. So December 6th um, of 2023 will be our 20th anniversary. So, um, and I, and I want to recognize that, you know, that's something to be celebrated because, you know, in, the, in, in this world, it's um, that's quite, quite um, uh, I don't want to say the achievement, but it's the, uh, to, to make it that far, um, is very um it's exciting and we're we're thrilled um to to be celebrating our 20th and looking forward to the next 20.
0: Yes, longevity in marriage, I think, is something to be celebrated. So thank you for bringing that up. And with that, it has been an absolute joy to talk to my husband. I'd like to thank my husband, Thurn Newbill, for joining me today. Also, thanks to the -the behind-the-scenes team at Moody Radio, my producer Karen Hendren, and engineer Courtney Young. Tune in next week when author Kate... Armstrong will join me to talk about two new books in the Storyline Bible Study. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Living by Faith. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.